And a good Saturday morning to you. Andy's taking the day off. And as promised, Luke Panic is filling in. Luke, if you're new to the show, first of all, thanks for joining us. And uh, Luke is the deck and porch specialist at Lindis Construction. So any kind of a deck question, especially a deck question, if you have that in mind, uh, this is your day. Luke Panic, good morning, Luke. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Denny? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, this is a, a nice morning. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, hope it is uh, where you are. And again, we're we're already getting messages, text messages uh, on that topic of of decks. And if if someone, what what's the deal? If someone wanted a new deck, or let's say tear down an old one and get a new one, or just maybe they've never had one, what what would be the process? Uh, what would you what would you do? What would you recommend people do besides well to call Linda's first of all, and you'll be there probably. Yeah, we've got a couple of people that uh, can come out and help and, and give people good advice on decks. But usually, it's I tell you, my wife starts on her on her phone, start getting some ideas going and uh, thinking about. You know, the biggest thing that I always start with people when they're just not sure what they want is we'll say, well, what, who, how many people do you want to have out on this deck? And tell me what you see for furniture going out on this deck, because that can give us an idea for the space that you need. And oftentimes you need more than you think if you want to a lot of times you want to put a grill out there a smoker or one of the new pellet grills um and a table and chairs and you need to have enough space so that's number one is to think about what the heck you want to do on this deck how many people you want to be able to entertain out there because uh, it's very different for, for for different people some people don't use them as much as others yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, you bring up some. By the way, let me give the text number, 651-989-9226. Any kind of a deck, really, any kind of a construction, uh, home improvement type of project. Uh, Luke has uh, done quite a few things. I don't know how many people have built their own homes. You are one of them, right? Yes, I've, I've built a couple. Wow. And I you've grew been up in, the in a family, of course, that built homes, so I didn't really have a choice in learning it. But um. <laughs> What was, yeah, for the... Luke, for those that uh, that don't know, or maybe they're they're new to the show, what was what was uh, your background? How did you get into this thing? Well, I was born into a family who uh, built homes, single family homes, all around the you know mostly in the northern metro and uh, up in the North Branch and Forest Lake area. My my father Ron and my grandpa uh, built homes together, and so they they did everything. You know, they they poured the footings. They it did the framing, insulating, I mean, everything. The only subcontractors we had on a, on a house that they would do was typically the, you know, the plumber, the HVAC contractor, and the electrician. And so I learned all of those things. And I honestly uh, enjoyed it somewhat, but I was eager to go to college so that I wouldn't have to work in the construction industry ever again. <laughs> you know, once you've been forced to do that, or, or not nervous, I shouldn't say forced, but you know, it's just, it's it's so close to home that, you know, you don't really want to be a part of it. And then I realized after being in an office, uh, office for a couple of years, uh, I wasn't meant for an office either. So that's when I yeah. came back to the Metro and uh, got hired as the president of a deck and porch building company for about 10 years. And, and then I moved on and uh, joined my buddy Andy. Andy and I coached some hockey teams together and we're friends. And, and uh, the deck division was something that needed help here at Lindis. And so that was about 11 years ago. Yeah, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. Inter- interesting background. Uh, if you again, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, but specifically today, if you have any kind of a deck question, 
or porch question, 651-989-9226 for your text questions for Luke Panic from Linda's Construction. Uh, here is one of them, uh, Luke. Uh, let me see. All right, here it is. Are there structural advantages of using hidden fasteners instead of screws on deck boards that are a composite? Do the screw, quote, pits collect uh, moisture? And yes. Sh- um, and shorten the life of the project, basically. You know, the hidden fasteners, we use them a number of different ways. Um, but as far as a mechanical attachment, the most secure and durable attachment is a screw through the top of the board, uh, not up from the bottom or not on an angle from the side. Um, now, if you do that, of course, you've got to have, you don't want to see that screw, and you don't want to have moisture and debris collecting where the top of the screw head is. So there's a couple of different ways. We like to use, depending on the product we're using, with what the AZEC uh, cap polymer product we use the their cortex plug system so it's a it takes out a precise hole creates a pilot hole for the screw and then we put a plug back in that hole that tension fit and it matches the decking so they just they just disappear and it fills the hole so those work really well the other thing we do with a uh, millboard which is our other very popular product um, those screws that board is a little bit thicker and the the as a we use a smaller what's called a trim head screw and that actually sinks down into the wood about a quarter inch underneath the surface and millboard is is unique in that it it heals itself back together over the screw, so you don't see the screw hole. So uh, that those are the two primary systems that we use uh, that work really well. All right, interesting. So we got a lot of reaction. In fact, I'm looking at a text uh, to, to to mention what we call what uh, Linda's calls the Founders Day. Uh, offer and it was it, it did grab a lot of attention and maybe you can we can back up here before I grab some more text messages besides this one a hundred and twenty five percent off installation labor tell us about this founders day deal would you it's a it's a special day that Andy wanted to have um, and all people need to do is call Monday before noon as a deadline to call and get information about uh, that day. And what we'll do is give you uh, a, a discount that we just have never done before, uh, 125% off labor. So that's uh, we have a lot of inventory. We're, we we pre-bought a lot of really good materials ahead of time, anticipating uh, anticipating the shortages that we were going to encounter this past year. And so we're ready to to move some of that, and we're uh, at, creating some additive incentive for it. off. Correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but uh, uh, you had mentioned before uh, the uh, GAF uh, shingles, leaf guard gutters, let's see, uh, LP smart side, infinity uh, from Marvin Windows. Did I miss anything? No, and and smart side, if you said smart side, yep. So basically all the standard exterior replacement products. Outstanding, yeah. 125% off installation labor. But the deal is by noon Monday. Yeah, you need to call by noon on Monday as okay. our deadline if you want to find out details uh, about that. Uh, 1-800-LEAFGUARD, by the way. 1-800-LEAFGUARD is the easiest number to remember. We'll mention this, too, before uh, Luke leaves us today. Uh, but he's going to be here for a while. So if you have any kind of a, a any kind of a home improvement question, for that matter, or specifically a deck question, this is your day. So take advantage of it. And uh, get uh, get uh, Luke's uh, take on uh, your question. Six five one 
989-9226. Look, we're going to take a break. Quick one. We'll be back with more Home Improvement presented every Saturday here on CCO by Linda's Construction uh, in the Twin Cities at last report. Uh, well, mostly cloudy. We are expecting sunshine. You may see some already. High today, 74. Right now, 66. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning in the midst of our Home Improvement Show presented every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour by Linda's Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S, 1-800-LEAF-GUARD, if you need their help. The help we're getting today, filling in for Andy Lindis, is Luke Panic. He is the deck and port specialist at uh, Linda's Construction. And if you have any kind of a deck question, as I said earlier, this is your day, so don't let it go by. Uh, send a text to Luke at 651-989-9226. And we have a bunch of those, uh, Luke, so let's get back to it. Um, this one uh, says, I have a uh, beautiful redwood deck built in 1988. I believe it might be infected with carpenter ants. Do you treat or replace sections that might, uh, for, uh, the, uh, the, for structural reasons, need replacing? It's possible. Uh, 1988, that deck has been there a long time. And I'm guessing that the joist material is probably treated pine. And in that date would be what's called CCA treated lumber, which is copper, chromium, and arsenic, which doesn't sound good, but is very durable, um, and ants really can't do much with that. So the the ant infestation, I'm guessing, is primarily just in the redwood because it's soft, and you can certainly just replace some boards. Um, likely not going to find redwood that's going to tie in with that deck real well, however, because the redwood of that vintage is real hard to find. Uh, so a challenge there for sure. It just depends on how far gone uh, the boards are and whether they need to replace it all or if you can you know, replace a board here and there. I remember as in previous shows, uh, Luke, you had talked about uh, that topic of uh, redwood. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's the deal with that? What what has changed over all these years with that product? Well, it's amazing. I, I go to homes where I'll, I'll still see redwood decks that look great, honestly, that are 30, 40 years old. And the difference between the redwood of those years and the redwood that you can get today is that the redwood that back then was from giant redwood trees, and that wood is far more durable for whatever reason. Same with the cedar. Cedar that you used to get back you know, 20, 30 years ago was different. It was from bigger trees. Now is there more, they're doing a better job of managing you know, forestry resources the wood is comes from smaller trees that have grown faster. They're not as mature, so they're not as hard, and they're not as dense. And so the cedar and the redwood that we get today isn't as durable and isn't as uh, rot-resistant as it, as it was back then. So that's, as I understand it, I'm not a biologist, but as I understand it, that is the primary difference between uh, the quality of the wood that we used to get and the wood that we get now. And what was that wood that you and I've talked about uh, here at our house when you uh, paid us a visit that time? Uh, that that for those that do want a wooden deck, uh, mm-hmm. w- what is that stuff we talked about? We we will use um, occasionally a wood deck called kiln dried treated pine. What's different about it is it's still wood. It's still you know it's not perfect. It came from trees that have branches, so there's obviously knots here and there. It's still going to crack and split a little bit over time. 
it does all of these things dramatically less than typical treated wood. And the reason is, is that after it gets treated, and we don't treat woods with copper, chromium, and arsenic anymore, much more nature-friendly products that we use. But after it's been treated and it's wet, it then gets put into a kiln and they remove the moisture in a controlled environment. So what happens is it's kind of like buying a pre-shrunk T-shirt, cotton T-shirt. It's already done most of its um, shrinking. When you if, you if you go to a lumber yard and grab a brand-new wet green-treated board, it's about its moisture content is about 70%. Wow. And that's a lot. That's really wet. I mean, it's when you drill a hole in it, the juice from the hole drips. So when we do the use the kiln dry material, it's down to about 15%. So it's a significant difference. It's also lighter to carry, which is nice too. But it's just far more um, stable. It's still not perfect. Uh, you will still get some movement, some cracking, and over time it will, uh, the, the surface will... Uh, weather with the sun and everything. So it, it doesn't mean that it's going to look brand new forever. But it, 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 it is very durable. It does not require that you paint and stain it in order to make it last and keep it from rotting or decaying. And that's, that's the type of wood that we've used. I have some in my own house, and uh, I, I tried it about five years ago. And I, it still looks good. Uh, I, you know, I'm about ready to put a coat of stain on it, so I was going to invite you over. Uh, maybe you could give me a hand. <laughs> But, you're gonna go, uh, you're gonna go out for coffee while I do that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're good with penicillin, so I yeah you're, you got more experience than I do. But yeah, right. I'm about I'll... ready to put a coat on it just because I want to revive it and bring back that kind of uh, newer look. Because we walk in and out of our deck every day as the uh, foot traffic, and I've got three big boys, and and uh, you can tell the wear and tear of where we travel more than we don't. And so I, I I'm thinking about freshening it up. So you, you are you saying you did not initially stain it then? Uh, this no, is going to be I have the first time. Other than I, I pressure wash it every year to because we live in kind of the woods. I get a lot of tree oh, debris. Yeah. We're near a pond, so there's plenty of bugs that you know. So I'm, I got to wash not only the house but the deck. You know, spring and fall, I, I get out the pressure washer and have my pressure wash day and and clean it clean it up. And and that's the only thing I've done to it. I haven't done a other than oh, that. That's it. That's kind of neat. All right. Well, I'll be over as soon as you call. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, this one, before we take a break for weather, says uh, this text, I plan on installing a new entry door. Do you have any thoughts on steel or fiberglass pros and cons? I know you've had to deal with that issue. Absolutely. I have a, I have a lot to say about that. Um, fiberglass doors are, are really beautiful. They do a, the best job of replicating a true wood door. That being said, they have they're notorious for warping and cracking and, and things like that where we live up here we have such dramatic temperature and humidity change that i avoid uh fiberglass doors at all possible if it's the sun is the biggest enemy for fiberglass so if you've got one that is under a big covered roof and a covered entry or something it'll be just fine uh but steel is for sure the safest way to go the, the most durable the best um they're lighter in weight, so they function, I think, better. Uh, so most cases, I'm going to recommend a steel door over a fiberglass door, unless that fiberglass door is in a highly visible area where the, you know, the curb appeal is real critical. It's not facing south or west, where it's going to get major sun, and it's got good protection. A fiberglass door can be good, but otherwise, steel is the safest way to go. All right, very good. All right, let's do this, Luke. Let's take a break. We got to. 
about oh, another half hour or so to the show to go, so don't wait. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, especially a deck question for Luke, uh, today's your day. Text in at 651-989-9226. We'll be back after the forecast here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Home Improvement Show presented every week, every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. Filling in for Andy today is Luke Panic the deck and port specialist at Lindis Construction. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we welcome those. Specifically, if you have a deck or decking type of question, here's your chance to get some information from Luke. 651-989-9226 is the text number. 651-989-9226. All right, here's one for you, Luke. Uh, The uh, stairway on the second level of the deck sways a little, what can be done to solidify that, and does Lindis uh, do that? Um, we don't do a ton of repairs to decks, um, but this sounds like a real common issue that we see. Uh, what I would do, a lot of times, stairs we call the, the joists that are underneath a stairway that the decking is fastened to are called stair stringers. And they've been, usually they're made out of like a 2 by 12 and you cut the little triangles out of it, and you create your tread and your riser, those oftentimes um, need some reinforcement on the back of them if 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 the stairway has some uh, racking going on. I call that racking if it's kind of wobbling left to right. So what you could do, um, the most sturdy way to do it would be to put a piece of treated plywood on the back side of it and fasten it up so you get a rigid square. That would really uh, solidify it. You can also add a short little beam across the back about halfway down, depending on the height of the stairs, and put a a footing underneath it and tie it in that way. Or you could do almost um, like a diagonal uh, bracing, just a a flat 2x4 or 2x6 on the joist at an angle that that goes across like an X almost uh, and fasten it to those stringers and and help uh, take away some of that racking. Here's a question we get, and you certainly get from time to time, uh, about this specific product. Uh, the question is, how do you clean a Trex deck? Mm. Well, I start with a pressure washer and then uh, go with some chemicals beyond that. The the Trex products, depending on when this board they have was made, may have a polyethylene cover on it. It may just be a raw composite. The raw composites, that all of that dirt and mildew and stuff is actually grown in the wood flower and that's a real challenge to clean and it's really uh, a challenge to clean it evenly um, so there's not a there's not a great answer for this other than good old-fashioned uh, elbow grease and and you can you can start with dish soap you can st- and then get stronger and stronger as you go up with bleaches and different deck cleaners that you can buy at a big box store or a small box store the 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 issue is the staining isn't consistent usually. It's it's heavier in some areas and lighter in some areas because it has a different mix of shade and sun, so it's hard to clean it evenly, which is why they've you know the products have changed over the years for that reason. Uh, another listen, I want to ask you before I get to that, um, as far as uh, somebody wanting uh, to get some ideas, maybe for next year for a deck. Mm-hmm. What's the process if they want to get in touch with Linda? Say, hey, Linda, Luke, you and your guys uh, come over. There's no charge for that, is there? No, it's free to have us out uh, and give you advice and talk about planning. And, and lead times are longer than you know 
they're a long time right now. Right now, um, you know, we're out four or five months. But so that's why it's important not to wait until spring. If you're hoping to have a deck next summer, you really ought to be calling us now uh, to anticipate that. What we'll do is if if you give us a call, what they're going to do is, and, and you mentioned deck, they're gonna they're gonna connect you with one of uh, one of four of us that specialize in just designing and, and and building decks. So we'll come out. We usually spend typically we'll spend a half hour so far just talking about your project, trying to get a feel for what you need, and a lot of times, most often. We're able to create a design for you while we're there. We'll draw up a basic uh, floor plan of the deck and then show you pictures and samples uh, all at that appointment so you can see and touch the uh, the, the products that we're going to recommend, and then we'll give you prices on what it's going to cost to do the deck, sometimes multiple ways. Uh, you might want to know how much a wood one is compared to a synthetic one or if we want to have lighting incorporated or not. You know, bells and whistles galore you can get on a deck and and to very very simple so it just depends but we usually do that all in one visit which is really unique most companies you know they're you know a lot of times people say well we had somebody else out but no bid yet we're still waiting haven't seen them in weeks still waiting for it an email or whatever and we, we we're very different that way whereas we come prepared to, to give you everything you need usually right on the same visit yeah for sure uh, and as far as material, and we had that question earlier about the cleaning of that uh, low-maintenance deck, that brand, what do you personally and or Lindis like to, to recommend when it comes to uh, somebody who says, you know, I'm tired of staining. I don't want a wood deck anymore. What do you rec- recommend? What, would, what do you guys like? I, my favorite my favorite two are the Azek. The, TimberTech and Azek are one company. So this gets confusing for people because they say, oh, you know, let's TimberTech. TimberTech bought Azek, and so they have a product line within. TimberTech has a product line called Azek within their family of, of decking. The but they they offer two types of deck boards. They offer a composite that contains the sawdust, and then it's encapsulated with a cover. And then they have what's called the cap polymer. Cap polymer is what I recommend. It doesn't have any organic sawdust in it at all. That is the best product. It's mostly impervious to water that TimberTech offers. The other one that we use that's it's newer in the market, we bring it in from Europe. It's uh, really special in the way that it looks. It's called Millboard, and this product is a, a game changer. It looks way different than any other decking out there. It looks like real, has a real oak texture to it, and it's a phenomenal looking product. It looks, it's the most realistic looking product that I've ever seen, which is why we we decided to take it on as an offering. Uh, so those are the two that we. Uh, will recommend. It's not that we can't build with other products. It's just that we've had the benefit of a lot of experience and think that these are the best. So that's what we offer. Yeah, okay. Uh, again, here's our number for your tax question for Luke, 651-989-9226. Here's another one. It says, my deck was built in 1987. It's about 18 inches off the ground and is supported on the uh, small concrete piers. No posts sunk it into the ground I need to take the deck boards off and replace them. Wondering if I should be sinking new support posts into a four-foot-deep cement footing. Uh, will the current post on pier need to be changed when I sell the house to meet code? Hmm. Good question. Um, that's a. I can't answer that question perfectly, but I can. We can. We can discuss your options. The first thing that I do when I look at a deck when somebody wants to just improve it. And the question of footings comes up as I grab my what I call my footing checker, 
and it's just a four-foot-long yellow Stanley level. And I go set it on the deck, and I look. first thing I set it on is from uh, the direction out towards from the house going out to the end, and I want to see if that deck is level. I'm going to make the assumption that when the deck was built, it was built level. So first I want to see if that deck is nice and level going out, and then I'll put it out on the end of the deck going across to see if it's level both directions. If the deck is level, and this thing was built in, what did you say, 1987? Yes. If the deck is still level after that long, I'd say those footings are working pretty good because when a deck moves or heaves in frost, it doesn't go. It usually doesn't go back to where it was. So once it's shifted up or down, it'll stay up or down and not go back most of the time. So if it's if it's nice and level, I'd say the footings are fine. There's a city isn't going. There is no code requiring um, the 1987 footing to be up to date. It just needs to look like it's you know because it's attached to the house. It needs to be level. So when you walk out, you, it, it's level. That is the major. That is what we look at, and there are cities that will could could require you to replace them. Um, that has been done. That some cities will require perhaps that you dig out around them to see how deep it is. Uh, but that's rare. Most of the time, when we look at a deck, if it's nice and level, and we're not changing the shape or the design, the footing can remain. Uh, so the answer is, if it's level, you're fine. All right. Again, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, specifically a deck question, 651-989-9226. I'll read this one verbatim. Looking to put new stairs on our deck, plastic or wood? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have a plastic option for stairs. Uh, We would frame up a new stairway with either the kiln-dried treated pine as the stair stringers that I talked about earlier out of 2x12s. Uh, we put those on either 12-inch centers or 9-inch centers. Or we would frame it out of our fortress steel staircase system, which would be the best and the, and the strongest. So those are the one of the two ways. The other thing is to do a spiral staircase, depending on the space requirements and how tall it is. A lot of times I encourage a, a spiral staircase because it takes up so much less space, and it also provides uh, more view. If you have a walkout home and you want to be able to see the golf course or the backyard or whatever, it doesn't create a cast a big shadow on the back. You can see through a spiral very easily. So a lot of times I'll look at uh, spirals. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. All right. Um, that's why you're the expert. And uh, I just listen to what you say. And like a lot of folks do, if you have another uh, question for Luke, 651-989-9226. Luke, we'll take a quick break and be back on the other side with more home improvement talk here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Morning. Welcome back to our home improvement show here on CCO. We are around every Saturday in the nine o'clock hour welcoming your questions. Today, Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis. Luke is the uh, deck and porch specialist at Lindis Construction, answering your home improvement and deck type of questions. Got a bunch, Luke. Let's see how many we can feel before uh, you uh, get out of here today. Here's one. It says, uh, we're going to build a one level home. We want to add a deck onto it. Would it be wise to raise the house off the ground a foot or two to have a, de- a deck built, uh, or, or are the ground-level decks equally comparable? You know, ground-level decks are a little bit trickier, and oftentimes if you look out your back door and there's only maybe a, if it's a grade-level house and there's only 8 or 10 inches of drop to the ground, a deck isn't a good fit. Uh, I, I'll usually recommend pavers or a cement slab because you've got to have at least about 
14 to 16 inches of space from the bottom of your threshold of your door to the ground so that you can have a joist, have a deck board on it, and then have some airspace underneath it because you don't want to have this these joists in the dirt. The other downside is that you create these little cavities for critters uh, to join in and rent underneath you. Uh, they're hard to keep them from uh, in most places. Um, it's hard to keep them out. The rabbits and the you know woodchuck, you name it, they they want to be underneath there. So. I, I hesitate to say a deck is a good fit any place where you don't have at least 16 inches of uh, of elevation change from the bottom of the door to the ground. Would I raise the whole house for that if I wanted to have a deck? You certainly could, um, but I'd have to really want a deck in that case, I guess it would be yeah. my, my, my point. Yeah. All right, let's see who's next. Uh, this texter says, if I'm going to be residing my house next spring... Should I do the deck first or the siding first? There is an existing deck now. The deck is raised above a patio walkout. Okay. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. If we were, if we were going to, a lot of times we do a complete renovation where we're doing the siding and the deck on the same house. We will tear off the old deck, side the house, put a new ledger board on, and then after the siding's done, build the deck. And the reason that we do that is that we don't want to have that shiny new deck there while our crews are working on the siding. We don't because we have to cover it and protect it. You know, they're working up there with tools, so we don't want to have the risk of dropping a hammer on a brand new uh, uh, deck board. So what what we'll do is we'll completely do the siding, and then after the siding's completed, we'll do the deck. So that would be my recommendation to get the house sided and then put the deck on. It doesn't have to be done that way. If the deck is more important or critical, you can do the change the order. But if you're going to do both in a reasonable, you know, same window of time or near the same summer or the same spring or same fall, that's how I would do it. Okay. Let's see. Here's another one. My deck comes from Rick, by the way. My deck has cedar for the decking that I installed last year and sealed it with Thompson Transparent Sealer and want to do it again this year. What would be the best cleaning or wash prep to do before applying the transparent sealer again? I don't have a specific brand that I would recommend, but um, any sort of deck conditioner brightener will clean that deck up uh, and so it's ready to be recoded. I, I couldn't... Uh uh, you used one. Would you, did you use the Penafin product? Actually, no. I found it at another box store, big box store, and you can find them anywhere. But, yeah, Penafin, I, in fact, I didn't know it at the time, but Penafin does make their own cleaner, brightener conditioner. And had I known it, I would have picked that up first sure. uh, with, with that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, the other stuff does work because yeah. I've used that uh, for years, too. It's just a, a cleaner, brightener conditioner. It's not a stripper. Which is a whole nother uh, product, but uh, whole yeah, other deal. It, yeah, it, yeah. They typically come in a concentrate, and you dilute it with water. You just yeah. put it in one of those little pump sprayers. Uh, a lot of times, the directions are: you get the deck wet first, then you spray the stuff on, let it sit there for a little bit, wash it off. If it's not clean, get out the broom, agitate it, rub it, you know, rinse it off. So he's on the right page of cleaning it first. That's good, Rick. Yep, absolutely. All right, this listener says I'm redoing the basement walls of my home with pine car siding as yep. with all lumber costs through the roof i've been told by commercial providers that i should wait at least until next january to purchase materials as this should be when lumber prices are returning somewhat back to normal that goes on and on but what what, what would you how would you comment on that comment you know i 
it, when your project, the costs of the project are just the lumber, it's it's more expensive right now than it used to be. It's also come down recently some. It's back back in not down where it was a year ago, but lumber lumber prices have come back down some. And that's completely up to the person and the urgency of the project. Uh, will lumber prices be uh, less next year? I don't know. And nobody knows. Um, what you know, we're all sitting here wondering about what the what the virus is going to do, and you know, schools are getting, you know, all of this stuff is a big mess, and who knows what lumber prices are going to do? I certainly can't guess. Um, I would be surprised if they're that much less next year. Myself, I would just do the project and get it done and enjoy it, but. I you know, I can't speak. I can't, I don't have a crystal ball on that one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here's one. This is morning, Luke. I'm planning on adding a screen porch to our house. I have the plans ready, but having issues finding a concrete contractor for pouring the foundation or floor poured before the snow flies. Sure. What's masonry deal with comp- that? Yeah, masonry companies have been booked out for a long time. Um, there's really a shortage of good uh, masonry contractors for all those kids out there looking for a career to get into. We need it. Uh, But depending on the elevation of this porch, a lot of times the footings, um, you're not pouring a footing or you're not pouring a floor. They're actually, it's a joisted floor that's up off the ground a little bit for most of these screen porches. So Going back to that conversation earlier about if you've got 16 inches from the bottom of the door of the ground, we're gonna we're gonna joist it with a, just like you'd build a deck and enclose that to create the screen porch. And the footings that we're gonna use are gonna be the helical screw piles. We're gonna screw those into the ground. So there's no concrete involved at all. So it depends on the porch. If they have the plans ready, we can come out and take a look at it um, and uh, give them some advice. And uh, it may not you may not need a con- a concrete contractor at all. To do this, to do this screen porch, I'd have to look at it though. Okay, I think we have time for one more. Uh, good morning. It says we've had to sand and restain our four-year-old deck each spring for three years in a row. We're gone over the winter. Is the peeling of the stain likely caused by snow sitting on the deck? Would simply sealing it be a better approach? The the moisture and the temperature is the problem. That wood is expanding and contracting, and the paint doesn't handle that, and it flakes off, which is trickles back to you know how many times you and I have talked about what do you do well it, it any sort of coating that sits on the surface uh, you know going back to the Thompson's water seal question that's a product that sits on the surface and often peels off we like to use products that really penetrate into the wood as a preservative and don't sit as a top layer that top layer on a deck fails every time it's just a matter of time and it's difficult to get all the loose stuff off to do it again so the big, the big advice here is get it back to bare wood and use something that penetrates into the wood so that you don't have to get all the flaking stuff off the surface. Yeah. It just doesn't hold up on a, on a horizontal surface. And it part, in part from snow, yes, but that really that's just moisture and moisture and temperature are the enemy of wood. So that's why we can't do it. Luke, always a pleasure. We have to run. Thanks for all your help and I hope to see and talk to you soon. Thank you, Denny. Good to hear your voice.